It's them wise girls. It's the wise girls. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's the wise girls. Are the names uh-huh. Stay wise to the times is the game Relationships and money talk in the old way Oh, and if you didn't hear the name Just wise girls Wise girls Wise girls Hey, hey, hey Welcome to episode two of Dem Wise, wise girls. girls I'm your girl, Laura And I'm your girl, K-Ray And we out here today We out here we are ready to get into this. We are talking about mm, black mm, girl mm, narratives. Yes. Now, you know this season is all, I mean, not all this season, but this section of the season is all relating back to sex in the city. Anyway, so <laughs> we can't help ourselves. So, yes. So I wanted to start off. I know you feel like, what does sex in the city have to do with black girl narratives? But don't worry. It comes together. It comes together mm-hmm. like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, yep. like your baby daddy getting his life together. Yep. It just comes together at some point. Yeah. All right. So, K-Ray. Yes. Who was your favorite sex in the city character? Oh, my favorite? Hmm. It's so it's so weird because it has changed over the years. Has it now? Yeah, see. Well, I feel like I'm most a mashup between Miranda and Charlotte. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> and but as I've gotten older I have so much like admira so much admiration for uh Samantha. Girl didn't Samantha Jones like <sighs> It's something about Samantha Jones in your 30s that you could not quite grasp in the teens, right? Yes. In the teens, it was just like, wow, she's out there in the teens and the early 20s. I was, it like, was like, wow, what? she's out there. Good for her. Yeah. Then it was like, now you're 30, you're like, I should have been listening to her. Yes, you are. You're like, yo, I should have been down with Samantha. Samantha, girl. Girl, girl. girl. All them Samantha-isms. Yes. Because as long as I can kneel... And breathe, I will blow whomever. <laughs> she had them just like, you know. Remember what she said about the country running better when there's a good-looking man in office? A girl. She was she, so right. Because she said no one w- wanted to fuck Nixon, and Nixon fucked everyone. Yeah. Remember that? Like, that's, it's never been more true. Um, she just had so many. Remember? Oh, my God. So this is like... We play a game where we like to find, like, people who were in other movies or you, like, take notice of them because now they're on a bigger show Mm -hmm. and you didn't notice them before. So remember when Miranda Bailey caught Samantha Jones in the street? (laughs) Yes. Putting up flyers of her ex? Yes. And she said, ma'am, you cannot do that. That is defacing public property. And she said, I caught this man eating another woman's pussy after I told him I loved him. She said, continue on, man. <laughs> I know, that's one of the best scenes in the whole whole entire Sex in the City collection. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Sex in the City, they just felt like, I guess it, because of the time of your... 
at the time when we were watching it, we were like, I know I was a teenager. You were probably a, pre- a preteen. A preteen, I've seen some of the episodes, but I felt like y'all, you and Mama, you were watching it, and I wasn't really watching it. I would just come in and be like, hey, what's going on here? And then I would leave. And so I <laughs> really didn't watch it again <laughs> until <laughs> my older teens, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's so... So you, so preteen K Ray. Yes. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was on at an impressionable time, and I think it affected my view of dating. Yes, I think I had expectations Girl. that quickly got shattered. Uh, of course, um, but don't get me wrong, TV puts expectations on everything. everything. Yes. So when you like go out with guys who act like they don't know what to do, like they don't know how to I date. Know. They be right. like, hey, uh, so uh, what you want to do? You know, they just be confused. Or my favorite is p- seeing people in relationships as a couple, right? And mm-hmm. they come out, and they're out together. Yeah. They look great, right? Mm-hmm. And they just kind of wobble into somewhere like, hey, hey uh, I don't know what we doing outside the house together. You know, sometimes I go out alone with my boys. Sometimes you go out alone with your girls. But, you know, we out together, and I... I really don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> this the show ain't starting as soon as they said the show starting. Uh, uh the food was expensive, girl. You could have cooked your home for that. Oh God, oh ooh. and the girl's like, ooh, baby, I don't know what we doing outside the house together. Oh my feet hurt my left. They just look delicate. I don't think they look delicate. Like they don't even know what they doing outside the house together. Like, well damn, last time we was out together, we was at Walmart. Like they just they look so confused. And I just think so y'all ain't watch TV? Y'all, y'all ain't have no, y'all no, no fake life no, to influence I the real life? No miracle dream date expectations. <laughs> no, like, none. None. At all. <laughs> so when you go out, what I got to be like, so uh, what you want to do? What you want to do? You be like, dang, you ain't watch. You, you didn't see Zach and Kelly at the max like me. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. You didn't see, uh... <laughs> Michaela. Okay, you didn't see uh God, what was his name on the show? Ooh, the Russian. What? Oh, um damn. As soon as you said it, you made it made you made it go outside of my Oh, Alexander Petrovsky. Petrovsky. Yes. yes. Like you didn't I'm see I'm sorry Ale- I said it wrong. It's Alec Alexander. 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 Remember he was trying to get her. He was like, Call me Bob. Yeah. <laughs> he was uh Alexander Petrovsky, take Carrie Bradshaw okay. to the opera. Okay, that was even a dream for sex in the city. It was, it was. But it really still was. I didn't care. I still want it. I still want it. Look, there are lots of movies where a man takes a woman to the opera. Pretty woman. Julia Roberts, Richard Gere, go to the opera. All of these men were rich. I don't care. Except for Moonstruck. Okay, I was just about to say Moonstruck. Nicholas Cage was not rich. In Ronnie Camarieri okay. took Loretta Castorini mm-hmm. to the. All these men were white, though. Hold up, hold up now, because we had Living Single. Okay. We had Martin. Martin took Gene out. Yes, all the. Okay. All the damn time. Honey. I was just talking about the opera specifically. Oh, the opera specifically. Specifically. I thought you, that was moving on and, and just taking And in real life, I out. don't care what color, creed, or religion. No man really wants to take you to the opera. Not a straight one. Anyway, <laughs> that's okay, though. Um, I want to go to the opera with my girlfriends. I've, I've, You know what I've learned to do? What? That probably... Did it happen on Sex and the City? I don't know. I've learned as a grown-ass woman... 
when to when that is a girlfriend's date and when that's a date you go on with your man. Yes. Mm-hmm. You've learned the difference. You go to the art gallery with your girls. You know, you you shop with your girls. Mm-hmm. You there's just certain things that you go do. You know, you go on a a wine hop, maybe. I don't know. If your man likes wine, you can do it together. Mm-hmm. Wine's not a, a not a girl-specific thing, but could be, depending on how your man likes to get down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. just certain things you can separate and do with your girls. Yeah. Maybe that, then you won't come out looking like the awkward couple who doesn't go anywhere together but Walmart. I know. I, now that you're, I'm starting to picture that couple, and I may have seen them out a few times. You have. You've been all comfortable yeah. with your man. Y'all been laughing and kicking, and then you just look over at this other couple who leaves the event early. They always leave the event early. And they don't look like they're on the first date. So no, they look like, like they a couple. They look like no, y'all y'all pay rent together and shit. <laughs> I can't. Like y'all pay rent together and shit. And y'all look hella uncomfortable out together. I don't know. They I they don't have any activities in common. I don't know. You know, I feel like, see, here's the thing. Because if you don't have this influence not this particular influence, bump sex in the city on the real, but Sex in the city for life. <laughs> um, I think if you didn't date at all, I think if you're not influenced by dating, if you haven't been exposed to it, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people who kind of like like each other, hang out once, have sex, it turns into a relationship, y'all move in together, but y'all never go nowhere together. You go to work, he go to work. We pay bills, we get food, like, you know, buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I see couples... I can see couples get takeout. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with getting takeout or to go or, you know, Mm -hmm. the drive, you know, when you drive up to Outback and they bring the food out to your car, that's lovely. I like that, right? But I see a lot of couples do it and I think, y'all ain't want to eat in here together? And you could just be going back home to your baby, but sometimes I see it as like a, this is a thing. Couples come up and pick up food and go back to the house. And there's nothing wrong with that because it could just be a, you know, it could just be a Netflix and chill night. It could just be a night in. You don't always want to be out. But I'm always wondering, is that the default? Mm. Is this the default? Or is this, you know, is this a Netflix and chill moment? Yeah. You don't ever wonder that? I don't know. I feel like I feel like uh, Jamie Gertz and Jersey Girl. She was like, do you ever look at the couples and wonder, like, who's on a first date? <laughs> <laughs> That movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Can we talk about toxicity of uh the toxicity of watching film and movies, television Ro- watching romantic romantic movies. comedies. First yeah. of all, like all romantic comedies like from the eighties have so like okay, not even just eighties. There are so many of these movies that I like watch now with like full awareness and I go that was wrong. That was wrong. That was, that is not a good scenario. Mm-hmm. So take, let's take Jersey Girl. Okay. I love Jersey Girl. And we're talking about the original Jersey Girl. Not the Jersey Girl with Ben Affleck and, and Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Oh, oh and Gen- Jennifer Lopez is in that movie for a hot second. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like, it's like, like 37 seconds of Jennifer Lopez and then the rest is Ben Affleck. Okay. Yeah, not that one. That's trash. That's trash. We're talking about the original. We're talking about the original. And I actually had to realize the other day that I don't know if I really like Working Girl. I'm not Working Girl. I don't know if I like Jersey Girl as much as I like Dylan McDermott. 
I think that's really what I like about that movie. Yes, Dylan McDermott is hella, hella cute hella, up in hella that fine. movie. Hella, hella fine. Yeah. He is the reason to, yeah. He's the mm-hmm. whole reason to watch that movie. <laughs> because he, like, rejects her. He insults her. Yeah, he does. Then he has sex with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Under false pretenses. False, yeah. If we really want to get down to the truth of it. Then he breaks her heart. Yeah. He embarrasses her. Yeah. And then he comes back wrecks his car and take you know asked to be taken back what is wrong with this i know it is bad but come on she was sweating him hard no 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 no. she ran into that now i didn't say he i didn't say he was a predator (laughs) i said i said it's like why is this romantic yeah a girl chases a guy to the point of getting embarrassed and then eventually he first of all this is unrealistic as hell because sometimes I don't care how hard you chase a man, he ain't going to want you back. And he definitely ain't Never. about to tear up his Mercedes. No. Never. Ain't going to tear Even up Prince his car. Even Prince said, maybe not the ride. Like, come <laughs> on, like, maybe not the ride. <sighs> but let's think about the black girl narrative and sex in the city. Okay. Actually, let's go ahead and take our little break. And then we're going to come back with more of the black girl narrative. When you're starting a business or trying to take your creativity to the next level, you need to be able to communicate without words in a market that is highly influenced by social media and visual marketing. Are you a creative professional looking to revamp your image or a new professional needing guidance on creating your brand? Well, contact Bold Creative Solutions. Be bold, be creative, be successful. We can be reached at boldcreativesolutions.com as well as Bold Creative Solutions on all social media platforms. Again, contact us at boldcreativesolutions.com. Be bold, be creative, be successful. All right, Karen. So I feel like the black girl narrative, I really want to start out by talking about the main character of Sex and the City, which is Carrie Bradshaw, if you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, further exploration into what felt like the ultimate girl's girl, Miss Carrie Bradshaw. She was what Mary Tyler Moore was for the 70s. That was like Sex and the City. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, with the early 2000s, Carrie Bradshaw, she was cool. She was fashionable. She was a friend. She was a party girl. Mm-hmm. She was vulnerable. Yes. You know what I mean? She just felt like a little bit of us. Mm-hmm. A little bit of everybody. A little, a little bit of everybody, yeah. She was, just felt like a little bit of everybody. She was so diverse in that way. And I just felt like this is such a cool narrative. Like, I feel like when actresses, like black actresses in particular, talk about characters being one-dimensional and not being vulnerable and mm-hmm. not being flawed, I think... Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw was vulnerable. She was flawed, but you still wanted to be her friend. You still felt like she was you. Yeah. You still felt the investment that we talked about in episode one. Yes. Uh, So I think that's so interesting. As black girls, I'm always wondering who tells our story. Mm -hmm. And first of all, no one can tell our story better than us. Absolutely. Um, But I really want to get a story about a black woman from the black female gaze, like how the Sex and the City characters were. 
Yeah. Like, I felt like they were themselves free from the male gaze, even though they desired it. Yeah. So the male, like, the desire of the male gaze was a part of them, but it wasn't their totality. Okay. Nor was it their downfall. Like, it could have been, like, momentary setbacks, but it wasn't the it, empires didn't crumble because of their desire to be in relationship with men. Okay. Like Olivia Pope's empire always fell cuz she wanted to be with the president. Yeah, yeah. Mary Jane Paul's empire always comes crumbling down when it doesn't yet again not work out with another, another dude. Yeah. Um cuz I think that's like the new black girl narrative. It's like all together here, even with Molly on Insecure, all together. Ooh, all together at work, all crumbling in the personal crumbling life. Crumbling in the personal life. Yeah. So I just feel like that's still, okay, so now we get one more dimension. <laughs> that's one more dimension for the black girl narrative. Yeah. Um, not to say that these characters are bad characters. I like Olivia Pope. I love Yvonne Orji's character, Molly, on Insecure. Mm-hmm. Like, I love these characters. And don't get me wrong. In a black group of friends, unlike Sex in the City, where everybody kind of like, um, Charlotte uh, directs an art gallery, mm-hmm. Miranda's a lawyer, Samantha works in PR, and Carrie writes one article for a newspaper but magically lives this fabulous life. Yes. That's some white shit. Yes. Unlike that, um, I feel like in the black circle, there's always like maybe one or two friends that are like financially popping. Popping. And the rest of us are kind of like, Normal. Normal. Um, working class. Blue working collar. Class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in real life, most of our friends are just working class. And we're <laughs> searching for that popping friend. No, I'm just playing. I got popping friends. I got, I got friends where stuff be popping off in their life. You be like, go on, girl. Do it for all of us. Oh, yes. Hey. Do it for hey, us. Hey, oh, honey. Get it. Career. Get it. Get, get it. Get, get it. it. Okay, anyway. Stop that. <laughs> Because we could do that for a while. Yes, we could. <laughs> we could do that for a while. <laughs> um, do your thing. Get it, girl. Pop, 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 pop. <sighs> but yeah, I think it's just an interesting, like, how they're doing the dynamics. And I think there were awesome black girls on television and oh, in abso- movies. Absolutely. So we're not saying that Sex in the City. Absolutely. We just like the female dynamic of it. Because I swear, me and you thought we was going to look like, act like, and be like, Gina and Pam. Girl, honey. I thought, I like, gonna, I I thought the thought body came I, with adulthood. Me too. I thought I was just going to manifest and look like in vogue in the <laughs> the let go video. Like, I thought that was going to be me. <laughs> I'm going to have that body. I'm going to have that hair, that makeup, everything. I'm going to have black leather outfits. It was going to be on. It was going to be, be on, on, girl. None of the, I have none of those things. None of them. Okay. I one single aspect. See that? See that fantasy affecting real life? I know. Fantasy affects you in real life. Yeah, I thought I was going to look way more like Adina Howard and let's like give me a break, but hey. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. <laughs> but hey. Um, Absolutely. I had lots of, lo- lots, I mean, Living Single, Martin. Those shows affected me just as much. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Even in the brief glimpses of, like, 
black female characters in Spike Lee movies, like Absolutely. Lovely Brown. Mm-hmm. She was very interesting. Nola Darling, of course, was interesting. But even, like, the side black women that he, like, just black women who made interactions in movies for with Spike Lee were just like, well, who was she? Can we get more about her? Yes. Uh, so I think, you know, there's moments in the pockets. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. not that we're saying nothing existed. We loved Girlfriends, Girl. You can't tell me nothing about Joan, Maya, Tony, Honey, and Lynn. When that show was on, I swear, it was so hard trying to get and keep UP in. They was always uh, being like, oh, you need to upgrade your package <laughs> to include the UP in. It was like, like, we were playing on. tic-tac-toe to keep UP in so we could watch Girlfriends every week. I know. And we had a TV that still had the press buttons on it, remember? And you had it in your room? Yes. And you would be watching Girlfriends on yes, that TV? Yes, and it was so hard to get some good reception in, on that TV. That's when, like, antennas, like was real was real you had the little aluminum foil on it you i was did like, i was working that thing i was trying to get ooh, trying to get trying to watch in. girlfriends <laughs> trying to watch girlfriends um and they were awesome because they were diverse they ate sushi they, they had jobs they were aspiring you know what i mean mm-hmm. but still joan her whole all together life would crumble joan was such a piece of work which is fine but it was like everything would come crumbling down because joan couldn't Quote, unquote, keep a man. I hate that sentiment. Keep a man. Mm-hmm. Keep a man. You know, last night I was thinking, oh, this is going to be good. I'm oh sorry. Oh, my gosh. Last night I was thinking about, I was I was on Facebook, and I was just watching some videos of guys doing things. And I thought, oh, this is great. Like, one guy was doing his daughter's hair. And it's always these mystery people. You don't know where these videos that go viral come from. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it comes from a real place. But by the time it gets shared 60,000 times, you're like, is this real? Is this fake? Anyway, is this scripted? Uh, <laughs> so um, it was a guy doing a girl's hair. And I was just thinking about how men get praised for doing Oh, the most ordinary of things. <laughs> not to say that it's not wonderful that they're doing it, yeah. but at the same time, it's like we're praising him for doing his daughter's hair. Mamas do hair every day. It's like my responsibility. If I'm out with my daughter and her hair looks a mess, you are looking at me like, why you ain't doing that baby hair? Mm-hmm. Now, if the daddy is out with the daughter and her hair looks a mess, it's why didn't the mom do her hair before she sent her out with you? I cannot. Or, you know, if a guy like, oh, he brought me flowers. It's just like there's just so much applause for guys doing regular stuff that it's just like, and it's uh, it's such a fragility. It's like. I don't want to stop the applause because, I mean, I want you to do it again. You know, the moment you don't applaud a man like this villainous monster comes out like, I'll never do this again. What? Take out the trash? Come on. I can't. You know, I'll never do this again. I'm not getting praised. Change the baby's diaper. He's going to poop like 15 minutes from now. Like, it's just like, or it's just like the guys who are jerks because... One girl broke their heart one time when they were 17 and a half years old, like, before junior prom. And oh, it's like, yeah. now I hate all women. You must pay. Pay. Now I'm going to be with you. I want sex from you, but actually hate who you are. Arr! 
and now I don't sit in circles. Like, come on. Like, I just cannot. like It's serious. Um, I cannot. More about the black girl narrative. I didn't mean to have that moment. Yeah, but I yeah. was just, yeah. I was just, no. I was just, it just, it was a moment of dawning. I like, understand. Where mm. is the balance between applauding innovation and creating new expectations? Mm. That's a good question. Like, where is that line? I'm sorry, this, the, the randomness of this episode. I know. We had focus. We did, people. We really did. I'm so did. sorry. It was my fault. <laughs> it was okay. my fault. All my bad. So before we came into we the We were talking studio. about the, the crumbling and the downfall of black female characters and their yes. narratives. The crumbling and the downfall. And it's always a man. Mm. Which I feel is actually very opposite. I was talking to somebody else. I've got to go back to men, but I was talking about how the great fall of most men is with like an affair with a woman. Okay. Now that's not a lot. Stormy Daniels, Monica Lewinsky, Helen of Troy, like the list goes on. Mm -hmm. But like men usually get outed for a sexual transgression of some kind. Yeah. Like, and I'm talking on all phases of life: a pastor, a politician, the PE teacher. Like something goes down. Come Mm -hmm. on, R. Kelly. Something goes down. Like, something brings you down to square yeah, one. Yeah. But no, I don't yeah, feel like okay. the story of a lot of women in real life, not just in fake life, in real life, how many stories have women, the downfall has been a man? Ooh. You know what? Because even the women who remain bitter still move on with their lives. They just become, like, an alpha female, like, I'm independent. I bought my own stuff. Rawr. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, how many, like, great women where their downfall was, you know, they married a 17-year-old boy. They, I mean, it's just, it just doesn't feel that it happens as frequently. Not that it never that, happens. Yeah, because, you know, there are those reports of teachers getting with their, to their students. Their students and their, those, yeah, female teachers. And be like, oh, what the hell? But, uh. Yeah, that is a good point to explore. Like, when you think about it, yeah, there isn't, like, women's empires falling because they had the affair with this man, this long affair with this man, or they got caught up and made some wrong decisions because of a relationship they got into. That is really weird. Isn't it? And yet we display it all the time in film and media that women just totally completely lose themselves and lose their careers they everything just comes tumbling down because you know the wrong guy even women who lose a career because of a man go out and get other jobs they go out and do something else because they total, it's a total comeback for them. It's, it's a, a it's, reinvention. It's, it's a total mirror has two faces, faces moment. And who doesn't them. love one of those? Yeah, they like, you know what? Guess what? I'm going to go get my body right and go get my mind right. I mean, hell, Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce and she just rose from the ashes like a phoenix. She rose like a phoenix. There she was no crumble. I mean, I'm sure there was some crumble, but of she course. had to build something back up. Of course. I don't know. I don't see it as often. It's a total time of reconstruction. It'd be like, okay, you know what? This man thought he had me fucked up, but guess what? I'm going to get this shit together. And I think that the reconstruction needs to be a part of the black girl narrative, period, Mm. point blank, bottom line. Yeah. Because we don't falter. I mean, when you think about, like, 
women who were married to great black men, some of them didn't even remarry. They were like, look, I had a great one. I don't even think I'm about to do this again. I'm going to just have Mr. Harold. He's my friend. He comes by. I don't take him to these public events where I be honoring Martin Luther the King. Um, I just, I'm just not going to do it. But uh, I don't need to get married again. I mean, hell, the downfall of a man won't even be Oprah's problem. She's like, look, Stedman, come. I'm t- we all need us a Mr. Harold. That is the new definition of what I'm calling it. I it's can't. a Mr. Harold. Mr. Harold comes by. This is a part of the black girl narrative. Mr. Harold comes by. You know, and he does anything you need him to do, whatever he's good at. Yes. I'm not going to say he fixes stuff in the house, but he could. I'm not saying he fixes your car, but he could. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he comes by and fixes all the appliances in your house, but he could. Mr. Harold is good at something. Whatever he's good at, he comes and does for you. He is also a part-time plumber, so he lays P-pipe. And then, you know, but he's supportive. He's loving. He's caring. Yeah, but you're not going to marry Mr. Harold. But you're not marrying Mr. Harold. He just comes by, and he comes to be of service. This almost sounds like, you know, like clergy. He is of service to the community of your womanhood. Oh, girl, I like this. I like this. Write a Mr. Harold into everybody's black girl narrative. You get a Mr. Harold. You get a Mr. Harold. You get a Mr. Harold, too. And these can be Mr. Clarence's, Mr. Rufus's, you know what I mean? But he's got to have a strong old school black name. Okay, you guys, I cannot, I cannot wrangle her in today. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a good point. This is a good point. So back to relating this back to Carrie's character. So we've got all these black female characters. We've seen them come crumbling down or, you know, just get in these missteps in their career and in their, you know, life because of relationships or whatnot. So Carrie, Carrie's whole downfall throughout the throughout Sex in the City is Mr. is Mr. Big. Mr. Big has her wrapped up in hope and dreams and he tears her down every time, but she is still in love with him. She's ready to get back with him at every whim. I and yet, you in this. and yet, he. It never affected her career. Never, not once. It didn't affect her career. I mean, the only thing that came to affect her career was her relationship with Aiden, but it wasn't really like it didn't affect her career. It just had to make her step it up because, you know, she had to pay for her apartment. So it was like successful career throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. And you know what Mr. Big was? Mr. Big was really a Mr. Harold. And How? I'm How? going to discuss this How? How? because now that I'm watching Sex and the City as an adult frequently, I watch it for the outfits. Um, Mr. Big really wasn't doing as much as Carrie was accusing him of doing. Carrie was really doing the most. She was. I rewatching it, I agree. There was a couple of moments where Mr. Big did something like, okay, that was dirty. You shouldn't have done that. But when they first got together, it was really Carrie, like, overreacting over- to lots of his actions or under actions. And yeah. she wasn't, like, accepting him. For her to love him so much, she did not accept him for who he was and how he was. Mm-hmm. She couldn't just come into acceptance of a, 
this is just how he is. This is what he does. This is how he shows, you know, this is his love language, pretty yeah. much. For her to be, like, you know, a lightweight sex person and a writer of relationships, she was not very come as you are. Yeah, true. Mm-mm. I mean, and it's not your job to be come as you are. You know, you ain't Jesus, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like Mr. Big was definitely a Mr. Harold because he always came through in a clutch. When she needed That's to pay for true. her apartment, he wrote her a check. Ooh. Girl, check. check. Big check. Mm. Ooh. Ooh, Jesus. Yes. Look at us. Mm. Clearly, money is one of our love languages. <laughs> <laughs> but that's our own daddy issue. Get your my own. dreams. Um. Anyway, but he did. He always came through and supported Carrie. He bought her book. He read it. He was gonna he pay for did. her apartment. He always showed up for her in different ways that she really never applauded him for. Yeah. So I always thought that her, and Mr. Big, could have worked out sooner if she had only relaxed. This is true. Carrie was a little bit angsty for somebody in her 30s. She was a little bit like I felt like she uh, had the anxious, um, I meant. I felt like she had the reactions of a 20-year-old. A little bit. Like those those are the reactions that you have during your 20s and let me show you how I know. Okay. Let me show you how I know about mm-hmm. Carrie Brad of the Shaw. So Carrie Bradshaw has this moment where she's dating Aiden. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up having an affair with Mr. Big. Ugh, I'm so just... sorry that R. Kelly has ruined all the Mr. Big jokes that I could be making during this podcast with his foolishness of life, but yeah. I'm not going to make them. Anyway, so Mr. Big and Carrie are having this affair while she's with Aiden, and I realize this is where Sex and the City got totally unrealistic with the lives of 30-year-old women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what Carrie was doing was a 20-year-old mistake. You want to know how I know? How do you know? Because Aiden was the Bomb. Aiden was everything, honey. Aiden was the bomb. Everything. I remember being mad at in my teens, like, what are you doing? This guy is great. Honey. Okay, Aiden had his own business. His own business. His own money. His own money. He could fix and build stuff, y'all. He could fix it. He could build it. He could shine it. Remember, he polished her. He redid her floor. Honey, when he said, let me refinish your floors, I'd have been like, honey, yes, and forevermore. He proposed for to her after she broke up, after he had to break up with her for cheating on him. This nigga I know. He proposed to you. Is you out of your damn mind? He wanted, he wanted to have uh, a country home. Okay, right. Don't even talk about it. No woman in her 30s is sending that back to where it came from. Girl. Because in your 20s, you feel optimistic. You feel like you've got questions. You feel like you've got time. You feel like there's others out there. You feel like there's more opportunity. There's got to be better guys out there than this. There's one better. Right? There's one finer. You're there's willing one that makes to more take money. a chance. You're Chances. willing to spend. You ready to. You ready to roll them dice. Yeah. Okay. Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Seven twice. You ready to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But by the time you get about thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, you realize that there's not much out there. Not in quantity. Oh no, it's plenty of men out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, red, yellow, purple, green, black, white, brown. Mm-hmm. I don't care. It's a lot of them. But that unique kinetic kismet, that unique kinetic 
life together? Honey. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no. That is not everywhere. No, no, no. That's not getting spread around like butter. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. And that could have been white privilege right there. Her, <laughs> her actions in her 30s could have been white privilege. We're not sure jury's out. Honey. But in my 30s, uh, Aiden, I'd be like, first of all, you know, and we were talking about this the other day because we were talking about, I don't know how we got on the subject. We, we were talking about uh, dating white guys. If we... Either of us had ever dated a white guy. And I was like, yeah, I did date a white guy one time. One time. We both had like, oh, that one time. One time, yes. In band camp. And so uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, he looked like Paul Wall. So I don't know how much, you know, that really counts. But he was white. So, um, and I was like, because we all, oh, we were talking about dates. Oh, God. We were talking about have any, has any guy, honey, out here, I don't know about these other cities, but in this Cincinnati area, has they ever really taken you out on a date? I was thinking like, Mm. A couple of times. I mean, other than Will, a couple of times. And we were, t- and we're, let me preface this. It wasn't just like, has a guy take you out on a date? We were saying, has a guy ever taken initiative? And like, oh, that's right, you that's didn't right. have to plan the date. He actually knew what he was going to take you to yes, do. Yes, yes. He didn't ask you step by step. So, what you want to do now? Uh, it was very. <laughs> they had made a They plan. had made a point to know what they wanted to do with you. Yes. And we both had agreed that when we went on dates with white guys. Yes. They they did have an itinerary. Yeah, they, and that could be white yeah, privilege. Yeah. I don't know. This, the jury yes. is still out. Okay. We don't know. We're still analyzing. We're still this. analyzing. We don't have enough research. We only dated one white guy. <laughs> no, but between the both of us, and they both worked for very long periods yes, of time. Yes, very quick. He could have ran out of itinerary at some point. And I was saying, at twenty, very early twenty year old me, it might have been like like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, something like that. And uh, I was like, you know what? If that was me. If it was me now dating that same guy, oh, we, we would have been together a long time. Because <laughs> back then I was like, oh, this can't be. What am I doing? What is happening? And now I've been like, oh, we've been together. Because, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. But now that I know what I know, we'd been together. We, I'm telling you. Because he took me out. He knew what he wanted to do. He, You know, he was nice. He was he had an agenda. He had an agenda. You got to respect a man with an agenda. I know. He was sweet. He treated me well. It would have been on. But you know, back then you just you're not in that right mind. You're thinking like you just You're still you're still sifting everything out. You are. You it's just are. you we all need time. Mm-hmm. That needs to be written into the black girl narrative. Like you don't immediately have to know. You don't immediately have to choose and pick. Because and, I feel like that's what a lot of us do. We like, we gather what we got and we just go, well, this is it. I got this. We gonna do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how you end up out on those dates where you be like, oh my God, we ain't been nowhere together but Walmart. What we doing out the house together? I think that that is a part of the black girl narrative. Like patience with yourself, patience with time. Maybe less of us would be the character who's everything in their life is together but the man part. If we could just allow space and time to just be what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not feel like you got to keep no man. Yes. Because men never have to keep women. Yeah. And then, like, you can't keep that girl. Never you lose, do they say You that. lose girls every, every other year. You can't keep no girl, can you? No. You can't keep no woman. And that's an unhealthy standpoint, anyway, of this you need 10,000 yeah. women to be happy or to seem masculine. 
Uh, actually, it's uh, like uh, like Barack Obama was just saying the other day. I don't know where he oh, was Uncle or what Barack. he was doing. That was such an Uncle Barack moment. <laughs> you ain't got to have 10 women around your twerking to... Uh, what are you talking about, you know, feeling confident in your oh, sexuality? Yeah, like, if you're confident in your sexuality, you don't have to have 8, 10 women around you twerking. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, boo-boo, that's not how twerking work, but very good, very good. I guess you don't understand you only have one woman... I wonder if Michelle Obama twerks on Barack. Do you think that ever happens? Do you think Tatiana comes on and Michelle starts twerking on you Barack? You know, if they're having a low moment, you know, they in the kitchen, he come up behind, she be like, ow. I hope, I hope she does. I hope she does. I hope. And if she hasn't, I hope she will. I, I cannot <laughs> with you. <laughs> if not a full-on twerk, just, you know, a little a little shimmy she, and a dip. You know what I'm saying? You know, ooh, 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 ooh. The level of awkward black girl twerking that is going on in the studio today. I know, I know. It's deep. It's deep. When you ain't got no, you ain't got a lot of fat on your booty. It just don't, it don't it shake don't, that much. It don't, let's not even talk about the half pint booty situation. <laughs> but what do you, what do you think needs to be added into the black girl narrative? Hmm. I think just more space. And opportunity within the characters that we display to um, have more of an open personality, per se. I don't know how to put it. Um, just more, I don't want to say basic personality because that's not what I'm trying to say either. I feel like the thing about the characters on Sex in the City, it was like, room for their personalities to incorporate more um, angles to come at, some, come at something. It's not just that one beaten thing. Like, okay, say, take Tony from Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the whole premise of her character was to be this gold-digging woman who was, all she cared about was money. And well, not necessarily go digger because she wanted to make her. She was making her own money too. She was making her own money, but I feel like that was the thing that was projected onto her. Yes, and I don't think there's really a whole lot you can do with that in terms of a character. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> right. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna wrap it up as that. Is <laughs> that there needs to be more, more dynamic and more dimensions. And we've started to do that, I feel like. I think Issa Rae's done a wonderful job. Issa Rae has done an absolutely beautiful job. Like, Kelly is my spirit animal. This is true. Kelly is my spirit animal. Amanda Seals as Tiffany Dubois is all of our bougie friend. Yes. That we want to hug sometimes. Like, I don't know if I want to hug you or smack you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Issa, Issa is all of us. She has that Carrie Bradshaw quality where she is kind of like all of us. Yes. And I think she's always expanding and exploring, but then questioning it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm expanding, I'm exploring. And then halfway through, she's like, oh, shit, is this the right direction? Um, That is, woo, that's so real. <laughs> and then I think, I even like how they're exp- expanding Molly. Because first season, she was hella thirsty. And then second season, she was like, I'm trying to be less of a thirst, Mm -hmm. but I still want to sip. Okay. And then 
you know, she kind of ran into something where she didn't like her, what she was doing, mm-hmm. and she identified, and I think she's always growing. I think she's just constantly evolving. I think that's the most interesting part about Molly, is that at least if she is going to be the one where the want of a relationship is the downfall of her, at least she's trying to get a handle on it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the most interesting part. I really did like the way they ended the, sec- the third season. It was like, yeah. Felt that coming. Uh, how did it end? Because I don't think I liked it. How it ended. Um. Was it that Issa the, started decorating her new place, and that one guy showed up who had ghosted her for a minute, or that, that was the season before. I don't know. Did he come back? Girl, let me watch yeah, it again. Yeah, he came back. He did, didn't he? I think that was because this season was only like eight episodes, and I was mad as hell. And it just, it played with your heartstrings the whole time. It did. Molly ended up going back over um, the fine-ass Asian dude's house. Where they make them? Can I have one? Um, yeah, he is fine. He's fine as hell. Imagine we did that in unison. He's fine as hell. That's how you know a black girl mean it. Yeah, he's fine. I think you we are. I think the black girl narrative is pushing forward, and it's pushing forward in actually a good way because I feel like what we needed was more um, black uh, women characters in drama, mm-hmm. and I think we're seeing more of that because I feel like at first all we would see is things in comedy and sitcoms, like you know, more light fared characters. And I feel like us in drama was always like. The all, strong the, black woman, the, like the tragedy, like tragedy strong, is happening. Strong. The strong black woman, I got to raise up the whole community and take it to a, the mountaintop. Like that was the black woman character in drama, and I feel like we're moving more towards this place where it's about more than that. And and you know the the influx of black creators being able to make more mm-hmm. art um, in a place where you can see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay, this is the last thing we're going to talk about before we end the podcast because I had this weird, like, revelation about art being created for black women by black women that is not being found mm-hmm. as a creator of black things. So I was watching a video of Lizzo. Do you know who Lizzo is? Mm-mm. She made that song. I do my head times. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Feeling good as hell. Uh, she plays the flute. She's um, a plus size woman. Mm-hmm. She's got some really dope songs. She made that juice song. Uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna play you some YouTube videos after this, okay? Because you should know who Lizzo is. I know that song you just sang. Yes, it's in a lot of commercials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Lizzo is awesome. She's the bomb. You just heard me describe her to Kate, right? So she was doing this interview, and she said the most rewarding thing is when a black woman comes up to her and says, oh, my God, I just found out who you are, but I love you. She's like, I really hadn't heard any of your music, but I found out about you, and it's awesome. And she said, good girl because you're who i'm creating it for and i thought as a creator i thought oh my god i know that feeling when you're out here creating art creating visuals sound music whatever you're doing if you're writing whatever you're doing just to be out here knowing that you are creating things for black women and then it's just not being found by black women Mm -hmm. is also a part of the black girl narrative that needs to be talked about and then um don from 
Danny Kane. We're gonna always think of her as Don from Danny Kane, but yes, yes. Don Richard. Uh she was just laid BET out. Did you see that? I did see that. And I thought her last song was awesome. It was called Jealousy, and I really thought the video was interesting. Mm-hmm. Made me wonder if Beyonce had been stealing from her on the low. And <laughs> yes, Beyonce steals, accept it. I love you, Beehive. We all know it. She steals, she makes it better, she takes it to the highest place. But Because Beyonce is influenced too. Uh, she's influenced, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, steals is such a, a nasty negative context. The, uh, I was wondering if she had been influenced by Don Richard, who is actually from New Orleans. Um, they, it's, it feels like, you know, they could have had some powwows, shared some ideas, exchanges. I feel like she's friends with Solange. Anyway, I, I'm making all this up. I don't know. I totally just had a Wendy Williams made that shit up in my head. <laughs> uh, but she did create some really cool art, and I thought, man, it was actually kind of hard to find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really had only looked into her because she was on an episode of Insecure, uh, and I think she might have like randomly came up while I had YouTube playing in the background. And I thought, oh, I like the song. Who is this? And I was like, oh, it's my girl. And I always liked Don from da- from Danny V. Kane. Mm-hmm. I did. I'm sorry, Don. You're Don from Danny V. Kane. But I always liked her, and I thought she was a good songwriter. I liked her voice. I thought mm-hmm. she was dope. And the thing about her was when I watched the video, it was so black. It was so influenced by her culture and being from New Orleans. And her dad was... Um, one of those Indian black Indians where they wear the outfits and the headdresses for Mardi Gras and stuff. So, well, it's probably for more than that. I'm not from New Orleans. Don't kill me if you know. But it was just so interesting. It was so black. And it was just like, I find other black artists. Solange was almost like that for a minute where she was creating art and doing things when she made that true EP. Like, they're just, they're creating and they're doing things. And it's almost like with the hopes of finding other black people other black women so we can have like this moment of conversation or this moment of transaction where I'm giving to you and you're giving to me a new renaissance a new renaissance Mm -hmm. but how can we find more of this art because even Issa Rae was on a web series Amanda Seals had been hustling forever and it's just like do you think this is a sign that black media is failing absolutely that's what Don Richard she let be she let BET have it and I've been feeling like that about BET for a long time uh you know black radio is definitely failing black radio is failing us you know we when we say that we need to have a platform for us to be heard um and have a platform to hear things that we wouldn't hear on another platform we need to dig deeper we need to be putting up the stuff that's the underground because if not us then Then who who? because everything that is formulated for black people ain't showing black stuff and i'm so tired of things being recycled over and over and over again and it's like oh this is your black experience and it's like no this is not my black experience Mm -hmm. i like trey songs but he's not my black experience yes he's a part of it but he's Mm -hmm. not the totality he's you know what I mean? They're just different. You brought up Trey songs, and before we close out, I want to talk about something <laughs> that I was thinking in the car. That, no, I want to finish this out because it has nothing to do with what we're talking no, about. I just think, well, not to say that Trey songs is not a part of the black experience. No, but that's what I'm saying. He's a piece, and I just feel like mm-hmm. things are getting played out like one individual thing is like, this is your black experience. It's like, no. <laughs> no, it's not. And there are other pieces in diversity. I'm tired of just like, 
the mainstream being like, well, this is mainstream and this is what you yeah, like. I and feel it's like, like, I feel like our no, media should branch out beyond the mainstream. Our and that's, media is That not, should be our duty in black media. That, that should be their duty in black media. Our media to, is definitely not sharing the narrative. Yeah. And it's, and it's a disservice. It's, it is. It's a disservice to the black girl narrative. It's a, it's a disservice to the black narrative, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely, I feel like, if we are going to be online, I feel like we definitely need to be a hub for the community. Did you did you update your black planet? No, I didn't update it. So they need to do some work because I've been trying to <laughs> re- <laughs> I've been trying to get into the old account because I don't know, I, I got determined about that somehow. But yeah, if you try to reset your password, it does not work. If they do not send you an email, it does not happen. Solange, can you help us out with a black planet? We really wanna we really yeah, I really want I really want to access that old account. Although I did uh, search Black Planet in my trash email that I've had forever and found some <laughs> Black Planet uh, emails and some <laughs> and seen some of the messages that I got from some users. I didn't see the actual content, but you know they just send you that email where it says so and so messaged you. I was like, man, I really want to get into this old account and see what was in there. <laughs> Okay, but yeah, I think I think something needs to go down because I feel like there are good moments and good artists and things being created that we don't even know about. Oh, absolutely! And I think that's frustrating as a creator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a creator. Uh, it's frustrating because you feel unseen and unheard by the people that you are creating art for. Mm-hmm. And then, as a listener, I feel disservice because I don't want to have to work so hard to find it. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like gold in a field. Like ah, I found you. Ooh, the internet. And I ain't talking about the internet. Um, you know what I mean? Like, ooh, I found you. Or just Jesse Boykins the third. Ooh, I found you, gold. Ah, but uh, I'm almost getting tired of having to work that hard to find interesting black creative art. And uh, it's like, like, when did you find out about Issa Rae on HBO or on YouTube? It's just, I want it to be easier to access the art. The art of the black narrative. <laughs> okay, so now we're about to wrap things up. K-Ray, what was that tidbit you wanted to share? It sounds funny. <laughs> okay, so... Sounds uh, funny. So the Trey Song song came on the radio the other day. The uh, the Already Taken. Oh, they've been throwing me the booty. booty. <laughs> I'm already taken. Okay. And for some reason, John Gray popped up to my head. And I was like, man, John Gray didn't listen to this song before he cheated on his wife. I'm about to die. Because he should have known. He would have learned. He would have known. Because he's always saying he had not been taught by a man. Yes. Trey Songz would have told him that you got to block the booties. It says it right there in the song. They throwing me the booty. I'm already taken. Trey Songs is out here blocking booties. I mean, he's not really. He's but not. in the song, he says, I'm out here blocking booties for you, girl. They keep throwing me the booty. John Gray, block the booties. Come on, man. I did not see this turn. <laughs> I did not see this turn again. Next time they throwing you the booty, I'm already taking. Jerry, I want you to take this one. <laughs> You take that. You, I did not, I would not have let you digress like this had I known that this is where you were taking me. 
lesson learned, block booties. <gasps> Ooh, I feel like there was something I asked you to ask me before we got started, and now I don't remember what it is because you've, you've, you've. Oh, I asked you about is there uh is there a black uh romance movie where they don't end up together at the end like the movie The Way We Were. Okay, so the reason that that was an interesting thing is because Carrie is always comparing her relationship with Mr. Big to this movie that stars Barbara, Barbara Streisand, hey Babs, and Robert Redford. And, um... The, ba- yeah, basically the, the movie, um, they're, they love, these two people love each other, they're in a relationship, they get married, but they end up get breaking up because Robert Redford, for some reason, feel like Barbara Streisand is too complicated or something. What I don't, and I love Barbara Streisand. I mean, I started a support group for black girls who love Barbara Streisand, but I don't like the way we were because I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. I don't get it. It has to be, I'm sorry, a white thing. It has to be a white thing. I never I understand why they I can't work I couldn't understand out. <laughs> what was so complicated. I mean, they were just having discussions about. I mean, real world shit i mean i don't understand and i understand why people break up i don't care i don't care what race you are but they're like th- them not being able to be together is just like the whitest shit uh, yeah it was something it's not like i make more money i'm oh. in, you know i can't keep i can't keep it in my pants it was like you care so much about the world we can't be together it's got to be a white thing i don't know anyway so Carrie asked like you know is there any movie that i can think of where <laughs> they don't end up together and the movie has black characters. And I thought, girl, menace to society? <laughs> I mean, like, if two black people can't be together, then somebody has obviously died. <laughs> obviously. We either, that's how black people are. We was either never together or somebody or died. Somebody died. Because mm. black people are just that ride or die for each other. <laughs> yeah. Mm, good times. Good times. Good times. Mm-hmm. You died. This is true. Ain't we lucky we got him? <laughs> Look at you thinking deep on that. Mm-hmm. Either we was never together, meaning like we we was doing things, but we wasn't together. You know how that mm-hmm. Um We black people divorced, and even that's still being together. Somebody gonna have to die. I can't. Uh, or somebody actually did die. <laughs> like that is the encompassing phases of black relationships. Never together. Black people divorced. Somebody died. I can't. Those are the three reasons black people don't work out. You're a hot mess. And now on that note, we are going to we are going to wrap up this episode. This crazy of episode. This strange episode. I did not know it was gonna get this strange. I have points. The we spirit of the read is in the booth today because we don't know where where we started and where we ended. <laughs> we love the read. I but do. We do. Sometimes it'd be like it'd be like this episode was three hours and I don't know where y'all started and where y'all ended. <laughs> well, shout out to the read. Um, I want the next episode to feel very Bodega Boys. Anyway, <laughs> AKA Sexy Wise One. Um, Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so we want to thank y'all for staying tuned. If you stay tuned into the whole episode, you got some laughs. If you only listen to half of it, you don't hear this anyway. But we're going to catch y'all on the flip side on the next episode of Dim Wise, Wise Girls. Hey, just some wise girls. Wise girls. Wise girls.